Welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast, the show where we share stories and powerful conversations with people who have been through their journey from pain to freedom. What's your spirituality? Is it a super asset and your superpower? We want to help you find clarity. Listen to this episode so that you can learn more about how to do that and enjoy the spirit of success in your life as you define it. Here is your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie, and I am here with two people today. We have a trifecta for you. And we have a father-daughter team of Jamie and Jacqueline Purvis. So thank you guys so much for being here. So I want to tell you guys really quickly, I met Jamie at a Bob Proctor event. So I talked about this before on the like podcast, Bob Proctor passed away. And there's so many gifts that I'm unpacking from my time with him. And Jamie is one of those gifts because we were sitting at the back of the room <laughs> together and we had to partner up and we were like partners. And then we just had this incredible synchronicity in terms of our life path. And I think we, we were gifts for each other. And actually Jacqueline came up in the conversation as well. So it's a true gift to have her here. So that's kind of like the background of the story. But I think what would be really cool is for Jamie or Jacqueline, I don't know who wants to talk about it, talk about what you guys are doing now and how that got started. Well, I had um, come out of the advertising space and I was consulting separately in marketing. And I remember sitting in a car with Jamie and I had like an epiphany moment the night before. And was, I had done the program you guys are both mentioning with Bob Proctor and focusing on so much of who I wanted to become. And I was like, well, why can't I do this? If all these people that I admire in this space are helping other people, why can't I be? So I think I like mm -hmm. took notes the night before Jamie and I were in the car together and I was like, Hey, I don't want to just be helping here and there. Like actually want to partner and build up this brand together. And now and, here we are. <laughs> and what's interesting to hear that is I think one of the biggest gifts that I've experienced on this journey is being in business now with Jack. And I didn't see that when I started, uh, when I made a decision and, and left my company and left my previous life and career I knew I was going in this direction. And then Jacqueline was helping out. She was helping out from a marketing perspective and just helping and just doing things, taking control and, and just doing it. And, and I remember thinking along the way, and I said to, to my wife that she is so talented and, and here I am, you know, it's my own daughter. And sometimes we don't see what's in front of us and being in this space with her and watching her and watching what she was doing and how she was changing. She was basically just evolving right in front of us. And I just knew this was the right thing to do and it was the right path. And yeah, we just basically made a decision and moved forward together. And yeah, it's been three years since we've been on this journey. It's been incredible. That's so cool. And it's so cool for me. It's like, I'm having this like moment of like, what is time? Because Jamie, I can remember us sitting on those two chairs and you had dropped a bomb in terms of helping me see something in my family that was in front of me that I couldn't see as you talked about. And then I remember just saying to you, like, I think you just want your daughters involved in your business. And you looked at me like, yeah, 
<laughs> like that's it like that's all like that's what's missing and you wanted that and like it's so cool how how long ago was that 2020 no 20 oh gosh no it was 2019 2019. Yeah, it was January 2019. And that was actually about three months or four months before we actually formalized and decided right. to do this together. Yeah, which is why this is so cool and special, because you also told me that I would get along with Jacqueline and we do, <laughs> which is so, which is so interesting that like this is all coming together. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because you never know how things are going to turn out. Like you never know exactly why you meet people and you just are willing to go with it. Like I felt something with you and it ended up being a huge piece like for me. And this was a huge piece for you. And now we're out kind of doing our own things, which is so beautiful. So I think when people hear father daughter team, they're kind of like, oh, like, oh my God, like working with my daughter or like working with my dad, like what the heck, you know? And so there's so many questions I have for you guys. And I think when we first met, I was like, you call him Jamie and not dad. <laughs> That's right. Does that get weird? <laughs> so I'm curious, how does this work? Obviously it works on a business level, but on a personal level how did you guys make this work or was it just like a flow that you also found with each other yeah she Jacqueline's always called me Jamie in this environment we were in a coaching program together and and I was facilitating the program and we had other people other other clients in the program with us and she, and she was just she always referred to me as Jamie mm. and totally felt comfortable with it never thought anything of it and yeah it just became very normal and natural it's just this conversation that happens it's just like we're calling each other by our first name so I'm totally fine with it. I've always been fine with it. You know, when I've heard um, other people mention it, and they didn't even know she was my daughter. I know a few people mentioned after the fact because she just referenced me as Jamie. And I would say the dynamic working together, it's when you're in a corporate space with a boss, for example, mm -hmm. there's a very different space that you hold. So I would say we work super well. We definitely have different strengths. And because we're so close, I think there is a tendency if we are ever reactive because we're also in a coaching space, we're both very clear with our communication. It's very easy to come back and just course correct and go with the flow from there. So it's definitely a different level of honesty that... I've never experienced in a working environment. And Tracy, I didn't want that daughter-father relationship in the business relationship because mm. I felt we were equals. And in that father-daughter, there's there, it's defined, right? Oh, and yeah. I, there's so and much I baggage think, with that too. Like father-daughter is heavy. Like, oh, you know? And I don't mean that from a judgment space. I just mean like on both sides, that's heavy. So the fact that you guys were able to kind of separate from that and have one space for that and one space for the other, like so proud of you guys. Like that's amazing to bring your talents together for the greater good. Like, I think that's huge. And like, you know, I think of my dad, sometimes I'm like, God, he just knows how to trigger me. Like, he's like a trigger ninja. Like he just, <laughs> he just knows and family can be like that. So do you guys ever have those kind of moments or because you guys have things very separate, that doesn't happen? No, absolutely. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. This is real, we're right? Human. We're all human. Great. Yeah, of course. And you know what I love? Jack and calls me out on and she has no problem. I think in the beginning, there might have been some resistance to it. But at the end of the day, I, we have to be straight up and honest with each other. And she'll call me out on it. 
Yeah, definitely she will. And you know, it's easy to fall back into that. I think there's times when I just want it my way and I might pull that dad card without saying it. Okay. I love but not, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> uh, I see. Jacqueline's like, I made sure of that. <laughs> and that's what I meant by that communication. Like, I think yeah. if something's not flowing, you have to be able to also tell the other person, hey, when this happened, this made me feel like blank, right? Like, yeah. it's, that was just as much on me of learning to communicate what I needed in a working relationship. Yeah. And any relationship, right? Yeah. And any relationship, but when you take on something like this, that potentially has that, you know, you have to create that space for both to exist, right? That's so courageous for you guys to take this on, you know? <laughs> and I'm curious about it too, because I see me and my dad having these similarities, but also differences that I think are really cool that I want to potentially explore. He doesn't really know this. And if he's listening, then he does now, but <laughs> that I would love to explore too. I just, I, I just know it's not the right timing for us as well so did you guys feel like the timing was right like when you brought it up Jacqueline did you feel like okay now is the time to take advantage of this a hundred percent we were already working together in a way Mm -hmm. so I was at a stage where it was like okay I'm either going full on into a different direction or I'm stepping into this and this is what I feel like passionate a hundred percent which I've never felt ever honestly in any career I was in before Mm. so for me it was like I just need to have the conversation. And from my perspective, I saw Jacqueline in a different light working with her and it wasn't formalized at that point. So we were working together. She was supporting, helping me, bringing all these ideas. And I just saw her, it was like an awakening for me. So it went, she went from my daughter to this truly talented young professional. And, and I remember saying to my wife, like, we've got to bring her on board because she's too good if we don't she'll pursue a different path. And, and selfishly, I didn't want that. So yeah, it just made sense that, yeah, let's do this together. So when she brought it up, it made perfect sense. Yeah. And you know what, I'm going to ask you a question that, so I was talking to somebody that I work with about my podcast guest, and I was, ta- was talking about having you both on. And she was like, I wonder if the dad forced this on her. And I don't like the like word force, but I'm curious if, you know, Jacqueline got exposed to this through you because you were sort of talking about it. Or was that something Jacqueline that you just kind of naturally found on your own? Well, because I was in one of our leadership programs, just mm. as like a taking it as a client for so Mm -hmm. long it wasn't at all brought on by Jamie like I was actually was at a point where I felt like I was waiting for him to invite me to partner and he wasn't doing it so it was totally like I felt this was something I wanted 100% so why did you start taking that program in the first place I guess is what I'm getting at I had done a few kind of like personal development courses here and there I never felt excited in my career. Mm. Like I never felt energized by what I was doing. So I took it and it's a very deep course. It goes very much into who you are, into what you want, into gosh, the habits you have. And when I look back to when I did that course, the habits I had then, you know, it's 25 years old. Like maybe I shouldn't be out this late this weekend, like (laughs) very basic habits at that time. But it was, I was assessing my life. I was assessing how I was showing up as a person like looking back that was really kind of the first moment that shifted everything Mm, and I think that's such a key thing that you just said because we have a lot of people who tune into this podcast that know what that feeling's like of not feeling excited and so when you started to feel excited about something and you I think you used the word passion before can you maybe tell us about like 
what the difference was for you, like how you knew about something you were passionate about, because sometimes it doesn't make sense. And then people are like, well, it can't be that. So I'm just curious for you, because it didn't make sense for me either. But I was like, I'm a chiropractor and I just want to study this personal development stuff day and night all the time. I was like treating patients. And then when I wasn't, I was doing the notes and then I was like this stuff <laughs> and I couldn't stop. And that's how I personally knew like, okay, this is, this is something different. Cause I'm not sick of it ever. So I'm just curious how that showed up for you as well. That's a good question. And I think it really, for me, I didn't go into it initially thinking, oh my God, I'm going to partner with Jamie down the line right. on this at all. It just became almost like a hobby. Like my free time was devoted, like podcasts, books. I just loved it so much. And I realized, I guess that's really what a passion is though. You love it so much. It's not just those hours of nine to five. Like I was genuinely interested in it and I didn't have a space around me where a lot of people were doing that. So I just mm-hmm. kind of, I went with it. Love that. So it's very similar to what I'm saying. Cause like yeah. I didn't have people who were into that either and I was like me personal development really like it didn't I couldn't quite I was like what and the first book I like picked up is talking about inner child I'm like what is going on but I was still (laughs) like hmm this is so interesting to me so I just wanted to bring that up because I know that a lot of people are in this you know with COVID there's a lot of time to look within whether you want to or not and some people are finding I don't have that passion for what I'm doing but it is a habit that I'm used to doing. So I'm curious if you guys have found that with the clients you work with and, you know, how do you guys help them take the first steps to move in the direction that we're talking about? Uh, For me, it's, it's helping people get clarity on exactly what they want, the feeling of what is it. And what we talk about is sometimes we have to, and I believe this, if time and money weren't an option, Mm -hmm. if you had whatever amount of money you needed in the bank, 10 million, 20 million, a million, 500,000, it doesn't matter. You had money looked after and you could do anything you want. Go back to it being a younger person or a child, like what would you want to do? Use your imagination. And I really love helping people just take that step back and living in a space where possibilities are now reinvigorated. They really light that fire. Because I deep down believe we all know inside what we want to do. And it's almost like a calling and a passion. And when you can expose that, and as a coach, I love to allow people to just be exposed to that and their eyes light up. Mm. And I encourage people just to think about it, feel it. I always say, follow the feeling and let's not think about it too much. Just follow the feeling. Like, let's just play a game of make-believe and for fun. What could we do? What would be possible? And just get into that creative space and then just start saying yes. That's one thing I admire about Jacqueline is I invited her into a program that I was facilitating, that I was doing. So it was an invitation. She had a decision to make and she said yes. And that's something else that I really encourage people to just start saying yes, because I see it all the time. Most people will say no and give me all the reasons why they can't do something versus saying yes and then figuring out how is it possible. So say having a yes mindset, and, and that's what she did. So she opened this opportunity for her to this whole self-development world and personal growth. And when she said yes to it, and I've watched her grow and evolve, and I see Jacqueline on stage, I see her evolving and taking this to a massive level worldwide, millions of people. Like that's that's what I see. And it's all because she said yes. So, you know, I encourage anybody listening is just start feeling it and 
listening to yourself, listening to that intuition. And, you know, sometimes for, I know for myself for years, I just suppressed it. I didn't even listen to it. I was so focused on what other people said I should do or what the right thing to do was, or I should do this because, and then eventually you just make a decision that, you know, what do I want? Follow that path. Yeah. I just, I think that that's such a key point about following the feeling. And that's what feels crazy because like, we haven't been taught that, right? Like we haven't been taught about feelings that's been like systematically cut out of society. Like we just pretend like they don't exist, even though they're what drives our decision-making. You just talked about that, right? It's like, wait, wait, all this research is talking about what drives our decisions is how we're feeling. And yet we're not taught to acknowledge how we're feeling. It's some crazy shit. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't understand how this is happening. And so it feels so crazy to listen to a feeling when it's something like your career. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's why I think there's like 10 different ways to ask that same question. Like if anything was possible, what would you do? Right. I was going to add to that one too. Cause I find the same thing. It's almost like a fear. If you weren't afraid or fear wasn't in the way, what would you be doing? Right. Right. And it's like, it's like based on your history of what you went through in your life. One of those questions will like resonate with you because we're all getting at the same thing. Right. It's just to clear out the debris (laughs) and go to your heart, right? Like I just tell people like your heart has the answer. Like your desire was placed in your heart for a reason. And that to me is like the connection to the divine or whatever you want to call it is your soul speaking to you. Right. And you don't, and this is why I'm just, I'm just talking about the way we met. Like my soul was like, go to a Bob Proctor coaching, like training. Like what the fuck? Why would I do that? It's like, $30,000 USD. Like what the hell? I'm also a chiropractor at this time. So I'm like low key sneaking around being trained by Bob Proctor. My mind's being expanded. And then I'm coming back and everyone's like, yeah, I have pain. I have pain. I have pain, limitation, pain, limitation. And I'm like so frustrated because I'm in this one world that's expanding me. And then this other world where everything's closed off and people are just so one track minded. And so honestly hypnotized by their programming, which Bob was saying is a paradigm. And I could see paradigms in action, which was actually fueling me to be more interested in this personal development thing (laughs) so I could help people, you know? And so as a chiropractor, I was like, you know what? Do you guys know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is? Mm -hmm. So he's a chiropractor and he talks about, you can't change matter with matter, right? Cause it's hard. It's like, that's like the worst way to, to like do things, right? But if you go to a quantum field or the spiritual realm and you change things there, amazing things happen. And I was like, well, how can I do that as a chiropractor? Hmm. Get people to talk about how they're feeling, like really feeling. And I would get people to talk about how they were feeling. And literally, Jamie, like it's blowing my mind how like physical issues that were there for like years would just go away. And people were denying, like, this can't happen in this office. Like, there's no way. And that's when I was like, okay, so I'm going to be Dennis Chiropractor. (laughs) (laughs) This is the end of my career. (laughs) But it was also, like, amazing to me to think that it can be that simple. It can be that easy. Obviously, there's more things that go into it because you want to make that a new habit. So I'm curious if you guys have dealt with this kind of thing and how do you help people? So, like, let's just say someone's following this and like, yeah, okay, I understand that in order for me to have what I want, I have to create new habits. So then how do they do that? So what do you guys suggest that people do to create this new habit that's more in alignment with the desire in their heart? 
And, you know, even before habit, we have to get into our thinking. Hmm. So it's, it's like trying to change or trying to achieve a goal, something we've never achieved before with the same thinking that got us to where we are. Mm-hmm. So until we can change our thinking and peeling that back and change our beliefs of what we even think is possible, we start there. So if we start to change what we believe, it'll change our thinking and then that'll change the actions. So if you peel it back and just understand that, you know, I think you get into that space where you just really, again, feel it and listen to it. You know, Tracy, I, never, I don't think I ever told you this, but we met, you chose me because I purposely sat at that table. Normally I'm the one that's proactive and I'll go out and connect with people. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm going to be here and I'm going to let people find me and whoever is going to come to me, there's a reason behind that. So I just got really connected to the spiritual piece of this and understanding that like attracts like, and for whatever reason, you're going to attract what it is you're looking for. So if we can help people get clear on the feeling and understand, let's peel back what's breaking down those beliefs of what's possible, because where do we get our beliefs? We get them from school, our education system, our parents, our society, our upbringing, cultural. So who created these beliefs? And are we thinking, you know, and then you start to realize that most people are walking around existing. And as Bob always said, mental activity isn't thinking. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. You're right. Actually, <laughs> right? He, would, he would scream that. Oh, yes. <laughs> In fashion, he would say that. You're right. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like people run on a program. Literally, the more science is showing, like, it's actually like a default program people are operating on so when I learned that it took me a while but I finally learned not to take things personally that other people were saying because if I don't know them well they might just be running on a program and so I just love that you talk about that because our beliefs are everything you know I did skip that part but it's actually really important because what you believe to be true is the truth and so like that could be anything and so I love that you talk about that because I think that is such a key But when it comes from that spiritual foundation, it sits different because I've heard like the Tony Robbins and people talk about, you know, thinking differently. But for me, I was missing that connection to the spiritual element, to the soul element, because you talk about I choose you and you can talk about free will if you want, but I'm my soul, right? Like I'm just going by what experiences my soul wants too. So until I connected it to that deeper layer for me, I didn't have the changes and I wasn't able to move forward. So Jacqueline, I'm curious from your perspective too, where spirituality plays a role for you in this whole process. I would say it's belief as well. And that's something that's forever ongoing. Number one, in like who I am and how I'm showing up Mm -hmm. and then belief in what I want to happen next. And I Mm -hmm. think as an entrepreneur in the business space, we're constantly trying to balance that patience and trusting that things are going to work out and being persistent and still showing up. So it's faith in that process and believing that it's going to happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah. I think that that's such a key that you talk about because it's sort of the two different basic categories of energy that we have, you know, feminine, masculine type things. And you guys actually represent that physically whether you thought about that or not it's sort of like you know there's this duality of existence and you guys actually embody that two different types of energy so I'm curious if that's something you guys ever thought about like what you represent on a grander scale 
And if that's something that you guys plan on using in the future in whatever you guys end up doing. I never actually <laughs> thought about it initially. I think it's the more this is, our world is in this space, the more I realize this is very unique and special. And, and I think for many years, I had that strong masculine competitive energy and I would make it happen. I would force we're going to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to achieve my goals no matter what. And as a result of that, I just would work hard and long. And, and I think I'm at a point in my life, which is in alignment where Jacqueline is, and she's there so much earlier than I was. So now I can bring this awareness and, and realize that if I just surrender to the process and let go, everything I need is, will show up for me from multiple sources on an ongoing, continuous basis. You've heard this, right, Tracy? You've heard this. You've heard this. And now we get to live it. And now that I'm living it and feeling it, and I truly now believe it, I think I've just surrendered to the fact that, you know what? Everyone shows up when they're supposed to. I show up when I'm supposed to. So I feel I keep growing. And as I keep growing and evolving and start to live a life where I realize, okay, what is it I really do want? How do I want to? impress this upon the world and for now i think our this mission that we have it's really be becoming a mission this this company of ours this whole be do have movement the mission is to help people have the courage to live the life that they want to live live their best life and what is it and it's that courage piece because that's that goes to that it takes courage to step out of being a chiropractor because I'm sure the pressure that was on you, the money, the education, and then to do this, oh boy, that must have been a fun conversation. <laughs> you know what? It was the scariest one I had in 2020. It was the one I was most n- nervous about. And oddly enough, my parents knew that. Right? They laughed at me. They're like, oh, I guess you got the message. It's like, wait, what? Like everybody knew, like, it's just a matter of time. And my dad said to me, like, how could you not pursue this? Like, you are well suited to be in this space. And it was like, I couldn't even see that because I was so worried about how this would look to other people. That was something I'm still working to get past, but it was like really bad then where I just cared about what everyone thought. And so I wasn't even focusing truly on what I wanted. And then I had that conversation and it was just, I moved so much energy with that conversation. <laughs> so it I was like, it's so freeing. Cause I'm oh. like, Oh, I can actually focus on what I want, which is to pursue my passion. As Jacqueline said, it was like, I know we talked about this before Jacqueline. It's just like, you know, when you're in a job that you trade your soul for, <laughs> we talked about that, right? Yeah. Um, you trade your soul. And it, it's, it's like, I had a passion for chiropractic, but I didn't have a passion for where I was working. But like you just mentioned before, Jamie, it's like you attract what you attract <laughs> based on your beliefs. And my belief was I had to work hard to earn a lot of money and that I could get traumatized. And that was okay. Cause I was earning a lot of money. And so it couldn't be easy. So I attracted an environment where I got paid a lot and those things happened. And, you know, Jacqueline and I shared, you know, we would cry in our car before work. And I'm sharing this, not, not to kind of out you, Jacqueline, but not at all, (laughs) just to share the fact that it doesn't have to get that bad. And I think we're all waking up to the fact that burnout is real. It's not this made up thing. Burnout is a real thing. And it doesn't just happen at work. It affects your energy, which affects everything that you do. And I want you to learn from our stories where you do not have to wait for it to be burnout. You can actually take a proactive step 
before burnout happens because that to me was just a one-way tunnel I don't know how you how you feel about burnout Jacqueline but it's just like that's a dark one-way tunnel (laughs) and it just doesn't feel good and doesn't have to be that way and to add to that too like I what I found so scary about it was I didn't know what else I wanted to do at the time when I started feeling it Mm. so it made it feel very hopeless and helpless in a way because I was like I know I'm not meant to be here I know this isn't my thing and I'm sure it is for a lot of people there was a lot of great people I worked with but it was again going back to that faith and trusting the process and knowing that something's going to open up for you because it always does but that's a very scary feeling to step out when you don't exactly know what that next step is yeah it's terrifying it's called the terror barrier as Bob said (laughs) (laughs) and it is literally a very real thing like I was like I don't know but like he said like you will hit it and you will bounce back and I'm like I know about that Mm -hmm. it is real and actually I don't know Jamie if I told you this but I can't swim that's something I told myself it's a really old story so I enrolled in learning how to swim and I forgot that I first almost drowned in the center of a pool that's what happened to me when I was a kid I had this near drowning and I didn't scream and I didn't tell anybody I just pretended like it didn't happen and then I quit the like day after because I was like no I'm not dying it's just just no (laughs) and instead of like making a big deal and like telling like oh my god like help me and then telling the teacher like hey you were busy with other kids but I almost drowned like you know I didn't say a word didn't tell my parents no I just buried it and then when I'm in the pool I'll get halfway and I'll stop literally it will be like I hit something and then I had that near drowning moment again and I'm like and then that's when all of the memories from that experience and the whole feeling came through and I was like holy shit like again I knew this but when you go through it again you're like god damn and so I went back and then I came and I just sat at the edge of the pool and I was like who do I want to be who do I want to be right now I'm not seven years old I'm not almost drowning I'm like 31 who do I want to be and like you said the key is courage and I literally was just like, who do I want to be? And I, I just thought of all the times I had courage and I like, I moved through those things. And so I just put my head down and literally swam to the other side. And then by the time I got up, I was at the other side of the pool. And I knew in that moment, like, I was like, wait, I just moved past something. And it was all this fear that was not just mine, but also ancestral. Nobody in my family can swim. It's not just me. It's like, you talk about the people you're around. It's like, my parents can't swim my sister can't my grandparents could like I wasn't like I had a bunch of people to talk to about this you know like hey want to go to the beach like no one would go to the beach why would you go to the beach you know you can't swim (laughs) (laughs) and then you just get really dark and that's not a good thing in my culture so it's like you're gonna get dark and go and like swim like you can't swim like why would you do that so it's like this culture I was really interested in nobody could relate to me like, why would you want to do that? And we also didn't know how to relax. So it was like, you know, what do you do there? <laughs> it was like this foreign concept. And I remember my friend took me to the beach and she's like, you look like a fish out of water. Like, you don't know what to do with yourself. And like, I had to like learn, <laughs> you know, what to do. And I'm sharing all this because it's like, I've had to learn how to embody everything that we're talking about, you know, and I'm talking about it in this terror barrier, but I know you guys have also had an experience where you've had to embody everything you taught your clients as well and was it last year that that happened because I know Jamie you were telling that you had this like adventure planned (laughs) yeah yeah we um 
this whole journey that I'm on, I, I've been in, came out of the real estate industry. So that was my life. I was 22 years old. I went to a seminar and saw Bob Proctor. So this man had such an influence in my life from a that. very young age and, yes. and first experienced the personal growth. So I didn't grow up with it, wasn't exposed to it. And I went to that three-day workshop and it, it was just, it changed my world forever. Mm. And I was in real estate for a long time and I've been a couple times along the way, just not happy. And I've really gotten comfortable following my spirit and stayed in the space, but went in different directions. And then at a point in time, we were going to take, uh, I was going to leave the industry in 2020, left a year earlier, and I was going to take a year and travel. My wife and I were going to buy an RV and travel, and that was going to be our plan. And then COVID hit, so it put a, a shift on that. And then last year, um, which really defined where I am right now and where we are and the importance of what we're doing, is one phone call. My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And talk about rocking your world. And, and I know many other people are, have been through this and you don't, until you're in it yourself, mm -hmm. it, it, it changes everything. And I was going through it from my perspective. And then I just, I couldn't help my wife what she was going through. And at that, that was a point, a defining moment, another defining moment for us where we just made a decision. We are going to live life and time is of the essence. And that's our motto right now. Time is of the essence. And if not now, when? And, and I think the world's going through this. COVID has been such, such a positive experience for a lot of people. And I think there's an awakening and this personal awareness that's happening now. And people are really getting clear. And it's like, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. What do I want? And they're seeing it. They're feeling it. So this time of the essence is really how we're living our life. And we made a decision that we were going to be snowbirds. And this was going to be the year. So we're, we're currently in Mexico. We left in January. And we're going to visit Jacqueline next month for a month in San Diego. And, and we were here for two days. And Vicky and I looked at each other. And we're like, yeah, God willing, we're doing this every year. Like it's we're just going to figure it out. You make it happen. I still remember that phone call or I still remember when Vicky told me she knew and that when she told me, and yeah, my world just changed. It changed so fast and all the plans we had and everything you worked towards. And in one instant, hmm. you realize that, you know what, we're here. We have a defined period of time and it may not be what we think. And so now the importance of that self-awareness of really getting clarity around what's important to you. And now I just constantly focus on that. I'm clear on where we're going. I, I see a, a path in front of us. Ultimately, don't know how we're going to get there. And, and I think the people that are we need to show up will show up. And it's staying true to, staying true to me, staying true to what it is that inspires me. And I'm going to stay on this path until... Thanks for sharing that. I think that there's so many important messages in what you said, because there's this human element too, right? Like we talk about personal development. Sometimes it can feel kind of ethereal and I like that, but there's also a very human side. Like when you get a phone call that your spouse has cancer, I don't know what that's like, right? I have no idea. And you obviously have a very vivid recollection of that moment. From what I have been told, it's like you're like the floor just drops out from under you. And you're falling. I felt like I was falling for three months. And there was literally, I've never jumped out of a plane. So I've never done that. But it felt like you're just falling and there's nothing to hold on to. And everything that you thought was stable and solid is, 
is just falling away. You just grasp it. And that's mm-hmm. literally what it felt like. So how did you make it through those three months? Like, what did you use for some sort of solid footing? Once we knew what form of cancer and what the path was going to be, then it was able to, I was able to change perspective and now let's get future focused. Hmm. And, and that's sort of how I do things. So once I can get clear on, on let's get in the future, where do I see this going? And now let's figure it out and just start in that direction. And it just got now focused on instead of the fear of it, what's the opposite of it? Hope. And once I got into hope, okay, let's get down this path. And well, now we'll just live it and move forward and we'll deal with the consequences of whatever happens. Mm-hmm. It was just getting clear that, okay, there's, I need to be hopeful again mm-hmm. instead of fearful and, and just focusing on all the negative and, and the death. And yeah, it was just a whole awareness, you know, for all, for me too. It's like, okay, yeah, we're all going here. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't a journey that we're going to make it out of. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I, and I think Tracy, that became just the awareness. It got, became hopeful. And then I just went back to all of the training I've had and mm. everything I've been through and just realizing that, okay, I needed to take charge. So I needed to make that decision. I needed to take control of my emotions and, and not allow it to control me. Mm. Love that. And then Jacqueline, I'm curious too, because this is your mom, right? <laughs> so I'm curious what, what your perspective is or was. It was Good to hear Jamie's. Um, I think I had a very different reaction from everyone in my household. Hmm. I can remember her telling us, and I don't think I've ever 100% put my energy towards what I wanted to happen more in that moment. Like, I remember, I like feel it now, like an hour I sat in it, like, okay, this fucking sucks. Like, you know, you're trying to figure, you're just sitting in it. Mm -hmm. And then I put all of my energy and attention into she's going to be fine. She just has to go through the steps. So I felt everyone else feeling, of course, it's terrifying, all these emotions going through you. But I like wholeheartedly in my entire body was like, she's going to be fine. No matter what they say, there's just the next step that we have to take. And we got through it. Like she's a complete survivor of it. She's kicked ass at the entire thing. But I very much maybe I had to do that to protect myself in that situation, but I a hundred percent went into that. Like Jamie mentioned, I don't know how long that took you, Jamie, to get to that place, but I probably felt it the next day. Like that's how hard I needed to mentally shift it so that I could get through it. Yeah. Jacqueline was much quicker than I was. She was, she supported us. She supported me going through this. I think I was more fearful of not being in control and I knew what I was feeling. And then I just started to imagine what Vicky was feeling and you know, what, how her mind was going. And like, she, you know, she's, you know, all of a sudden you realize like I'm dying, like, and then your mind just goes down this path. And it brought me back to what we went through with COVID when COVID first happened, you know, and maybe the world's dying and no, what the, nobody knew what was going on. And, and I remember when we first launched that one program, Jacqueline, like we were in it for about two weeks and I realized something we, everyone's going through this. We had to shift and we just pivoted and we put out a free program and helped people go through this eight week program. And we were just as many people want to come through and just, and that's how I focused that energy is helping other people. And it helped me in that. Yeah. Um, thank you both for sharing because, you know, there's different ways that we process things and there's no right or wrong way to process anything. And when you're faced with, you know, the big C, right, or cancer or death or having to think about these things, that's something that 
we've all made a little bit more mainstream now because of COVID and like talking about death, but it doesn't make it any easier. And having to go through that in a COVID pandemic period is a really interesting experience for both of you. And I'm glad to hear that she is doing a lot better now. Is she cancer free? Yeah. Cancer free. Yeah. Cancer free. Yep. Yeah. Cancer free. Um, living life. Um, she's, <laughs> she doesn't want to come back to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I'm with her. <laughs> um, like, I have zero interest. And not because I don't like Canada. It's just, I'm, this is where I feel more called to. My soul is like really happy here, <laughs> you know? So I get it, Vicky. <laughs> I get it's, it. <laughs> it's so interesting when you think about it, Tracy, because you, it gives you so much perspective. Like, do we need to live where we live? Like I, I run my business no. now remotely. I can be anywhere in the world. I can be in my house in Toronto in my back office. I can be in a beautiful place out looking at or looking a beach area in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Going to be in California next month. Like you know, we don't need to live a world that we once believed was the only real world, the only possibility. So I think now more than ever, there's just so much opportunity. Seriously. And I've really shifted my mindset. So I was here and somebody asked me where I'm from. And I was like, the universe, like I kind of <laughs> forgot. I was, I was like, oh yeah, I'm Canadian. And they're like, where? I'm like, oh yeah, from Toronto. Like, because I see myself as this like global citizen. Like I don't see myself as like from this. And so I have to stay there. And like all these limitations, like I'm not like, oh, I have to go to America. I was like, where's the ocean and the trees like where can I get both and then people are like oh yeah Santa Cruz duh like it makes sense and so when you that's the way I'm thinking I'm not like if you ever asked me five years ago Jamie if I would ever want to be here I'd be like what no Toronto for sure because I have to because my family yeah you know it just shows you how much when you change your thinking and your beliefs and you get into alignment with your soul so for me it goes back to that soul level and then you're you're beliefs and your thinking when those are in alignment you just go where you're happy you know and you talk about living life like I got that really clear you know (laughs) like I almost died and so that was my wake-up call of like I don't really want to die you know I'm just scared to really live you know and that that was a whole different thing right because Healthcare is really good at keeping people alive, but it's not really great at helping people live. And that's what I got really clear is my ethos and the thing I really want to help. And to close this off, it's like helping people live is very different than helping people stay alive. Right. And you guys are experiencing that, right? Like Vicky went through all of the like treatments and now she has to make those changes so she can live life now that she's alive, right? And I think that's such a beautiful thing that you can help people understand that difference now and be, we can all do that in our own way, really helping people understand what that difference is. So I just wanna say thank you both for being on. It was such a pleasure to like talk to you guys. If people want to be a part of the Be Do Have movement, maybe you, you can tell us quickly what that means to like you guys Be Do Have and then how can they get in touch with you guys and work with you in the future? I'll let you start, Jamie. I'll finish. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Be to have movement is putting ourselves in a place that we're living as if we've already achieved our, our goals and life dreams. So we're reverse engineering who we, the life we want to live. So we become the person we need to. We become the spirit. We embody the beliefs that are required to live life today. So in other words, we already have everything we need. 
So it's not, it doesn't need to be something we're striving for. If we just live it and become it, we actually will then ultimately create it and have all of the physical manifestations of that. So we become that person first. And then ultimately, yes, we have to do what's required. And ironically, the doing part is usually us working on this mindset. Mm. And a lot of what we work on is the mindset, helping reprogram the beliefs and, and the habits ultimately, and then literally we'll have everything we want. Love it. Love it. And how can people get in touch with you guys if they want to work with you? Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube at Be Do Have Movement. Um, and then we have a couple things on our website that I did want to call out as well. Because mm-hmm. what Jamie was just talking about with that whole being component, in order to get to that stage, we really have to discover who we are in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if you check out our website, uh, BeDoHaveMovement.com, there's a quiz on there that helps you do and begin that self-discovery process, which is really exciting because it goes pretty deep on that process as well. And we have a focus made easy program as well, which builds out how you can actually build a plan from there and how you can build out those goals and that accountability and what that looks like. And we have a, a coupon code for your, for you as well, Tracy. Oh, there. wow. Fun. <laughs> so spirit of success, it's actually 75% off for the focus made easy program. Wow. Okay. Did you hear that everyone? 75%. So we'll put all of those in the show notes so that people can access those things. So thank you so much. I know people will appreciate that. Go check it out if you feel called to, because this duo is here to help you and we're here to change the world. So thank you guys for being here. We'll see you later, everyone.